Hello, hello, and welcome to Teachers at a Crossroads. This is a podcast where teachers and educators inspire each other. They share stories, ideas, experiences about their lives, about moving away from that very, very stuck feeling of the crossroads. Tune in and be inspired. Welcome. My name's Kathy, and I'm your host. Hi there, this is Kathy, and uh, for some reason it's become my turn to chat on our podcast. Now, one of the things I keep coming across quite recently is um, skills, and in particular, obviously, teacher skills or skills of educators. And it's kind of come to my attention that I just hadn't realized how much we underestimate our own skills on our own proficiency levels. I was going through LinkedIn looking for something or just browsing and I came across an item on LinkedIn that is a wheel of teacher skills translated. I remember Carmen when she was talking about instructional design and she was saying you have to translate the language that's used to describe skills in the corporate world compared to those within the fields of education. For her, it was instructional design. There in Australia was called learning design. And when she put that into the job search platforms, she found jobs. So with us, I think it's really important because when you actually look at job descriptions that teachers could do very, very easily because the skills are transferable, then you realize that it is actually different language or different jargon that's used than you would use as a teacher in a classroom setting. And that could be in mainstream, primary through to secondary to high school, or it could be in higher education. It could be working with adult learners. It could be any aspect of teaching or education that we choose. But once you transfer that to the corporate sector, say corporate or the voluntary sector, uh, not-for-profit sector, depending on where you're from, then the language changes dramatically. Even in the years since I qualified as a training and development professional and then moved back into teaching, in a short period of maybe eight years or so, ten years, the language I would have used then has changed dramatically now. I mean, I would look at and create induction programs for new employees, um, and today that's called onboarding. You know, these things are like, they're not new. Nothing is new. The language may be new, but the concept and what they actually intend to do and the functions of the language are not new. So we need to be really careful about that. And we need to really, as educators, applaud ourselves for what we actually can do. So on this teacher skills translated that I came across as a huge wheel, I'm putting it onto our private Facebook group, teachers at a crossroads and you can just download it from there if you're not a member of that group please search for us on facebook teachers at a crossroads and join the group love to see you there on this it starts off in the center of the wheel you have four small quadrants lesson planning grades classroom management and parent communication so we're kind of talking about maybe working with uh, minors uh, under 18 year olds within that The next layer of that wheel are the different spokes. Then you have three different spokes that go into, say, for example, on lesson planning. You've got project management, technical writing, and copywriting. 
And if you then take it one step further and break that, say, for example, project management, you're looking at the skills are data analysis, um, problem solving, adaptability, prioritization, time management, effective communication. There's a whole world of skill here that when you actually begin to break it down, you begin to see how valuable your skills are and how vast. And then what you need to do is start scoring those and saying, well, how skilled am I in this particular area? These days, nearly everything can be measured. So if you begin to take your skills from that wheel, for example, and take just one set, for example, lesson planning, I think you can also add into that differentiation, um, uh, problem solving. The problem solving is to identify who can do what and at what levels. But for yourself, as you begin to build your wheel of skills, you can then start to say, okay, so how skilled am I? Go for a score or a scale of one to 10. And you will begin to see how competent and how proficiently you use your skills. And I think it's really important. I think it's time for us to pat ourselves on the back. So one of the things I did, I, I've been to LinkedIn and Indeed.com and I found a couple of job descriptions and I thought, well, I wonder what their skills they ask for are. One is a project manager for a university in the UK and it's for education and student experiences. So our experience is, is a particular function within the university. So they want their person to be able to coordinate joint planning meetings, draft presentations for specific groups like the Senate, the Council, heads of departments, uh, liaising with comms regarding staff communication, draft blog posts on core themes. So that those are some of the main functions of that particular job. And when you think about it, I mean, joint planning meetings, coordinate joint planning meetings, how often are teachers creating events, okay? It could be a school outing. It could be the end of year play, especially at Christmas. And at the moment, everything's nuts in the schools. Um, it could be birthday events. It could be um, morning assemblies. Whatever it might be, there are things that, that teachers are constantly creating with others. It may be a year group. It could be something else, whatever. The whole point is you do that as a regular part of your job and probably for the most of it, you do it without thinking. So let's go to the next. Drafting presentations. You're presenting all the time. You're thinking about how you're going to present things to your students, whether they be young learners or um, older teens or whether they be in higher education. You're constantly thinking about how to present things so they, they engage your students. Liaising with others. You're constantly collaborating and liaising with principals of the school administration, the, the parents, whoever it is, your, the stakeholders are who you communicate with, as well as the students, because obviously the students are amongst your main stakeholders. Although I think in education, some of the education policymakers seem to forget that. Then I looked at another job description, which was also very well paid between 60 and 85,000 GBP. And the purpose of the role is an L&D, Learning and Development Specialist. The purpose of the role is to provide a first-class onboarding and employee experience, okay? So when you think about that, I just said onboarding, I would have called in back in the day, uh, being that little bit older, of course, I would have called that induction. And induction is just about simply making sure there is a good process and procedures 
to bring somebody into an organization so they understand the structure, the processes, the procedures of an organization as quickly as they can. They understand and buy into the objectives, the mission of a, an organization and can get, you know, can basically hit the ground running. Today, they call it onboarding. So there you go from induction to onboarding. And it is the employee experience, the experience the employee has of that. The more positive it is, the more likely that you are to retain them. And the specified skills for this particular role are an ability to influence and coach stakeholders. So you think about that in terms of parents, uh, adult learners themselves, you know, so you're talking with them directly. They may be employees. The stakeholders within your own realm are the people you need to influence. Okay, and I think we do that as teachers. We do that all the time. Ability to develop trust and robust working relationships. Of course, you've got to develop trust. That's what we do every day. We don't need to be told to do that because that is what we do. Without trust, without good working relationships, we can't teach. We can't impart knowledge. We can't train people to develop skills. So that's, that goes without saying. Collaborative team player. You're a teacher. You have to work in it as a team. You don't have to, I suppose, but it does help if you do work as a team. So those are things again. And then the final one, diagnosing organizational or individual development needs. If you have a class of 30 students, the needs are going to be so varied that, you know, you have to differentiate. You have to understand the groups within your classroom, whether that be, again, young learners, primary, secondary, high school, or even university students, or even adult students. If you have a group of students, you need to know what their needs are. So you've got to be able to evaluate that very, very quickly. And you will do. Over the course of time, you begin to understand that this person requires that. This little girl, she needs to just practice her handwriting a bit more. Whatever it might be, it's going to happen. So you know what's going to be happening. So you know how to do that. Possibly, especially if you're a very experienced teacher, you know how to do it instinctively. Sometimes you just know in the back of your mind, this is why Ofsted's and inspections fail, because teachers run quite often on autopilot. If you sat your driving test again after, say, 30 years or 20, 30 years of driving, you'll probably fail without some lessons beforehand to bring back to your conscious awareness what you actually do so you're not running on autopilot. These are the things we need to think about and we need to applaud ourselves for. As educators, we have to accept that it's time for us to blow our own trumpets because nobody else is going to do it for us. You need to be very, very proud of what you've achieved over the years as you have withstood the trauma that sometimes is teaching. However, there are also many, many, many good times in teaching. And as you look back, you look at students who've grown up or adults who've managed to change their professions or have done better in their particular professions because you had an input. And I believe there is a quote, or I've, I've read it before and I couldn't find it today, that um, says that from, from all professions, all but all, all stem from teaching. So that means that everything you see out there, whether it be a really competent medical consultant, um, a bridge building engineer, um, a nurse, whatever, everything starts with the teacher who taught them to read, to write, and to pass their exams or whatever. 
everything stems from you. There is nothing, there is no profession that hasn't been influenced through teaching. With that in mind, let's get together on the Facebook group. Why don't we just put down what our top three skills are, what you feel really, really proud to have achieved skill-wise in your life. If you're not on the group, as I've said before, teach us at a crossroads, find us on Facebook and join the group because we'd love you to be part of this conversation. Okay, so signing off and I think next week we have Pascal. And Pascal is a coach who is going to be talking to us about all those feelings and sharing with us some techniques and strategies for getting ourselves emotionally unstuck. I say ciao for now and I'll see you next week.